0: Pray with me. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Lord, I just ask that you just cover this room with warring angels, drive away the presence of any demonic forces that would try to hinder the reception of this word into the hearts and minds of your children. We love you, Lord. We thank you for teaching us and growing us in your word and our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was in a hotel in Abilene, Texas last night, six hours from here. It was a great time we had over there for a couple of days. But I had a dream last night. And I was, I was in a church, it was almost Presbyterian like setting. Very formal, very religious. Great crowd. Everyone in their designated seat. I could tell. The same place they sit all the time. Probably got offended if anyone else sat there, you know. I was the pastor though. But I could hear as service was about to begin, I could hear their thoughts. I could hear their thoughts. And this, this woman in the choir was, that SOB did this and that. And these others were thinking all these ungodly and unholy thoughts. And it was just, there was nothing going on there regarding God. It was all just for show. And so I didn't start the service. I didn't let anyone else start the service. And then I just began to operate in the gifts of the spirit. And I pulled a couple of the men from the congregation that God showed me. And I told this one guy, you can sing a solo, a And now this is a church that had, had a big choir and a praise and worship and all these band leaders. And they... They were supposed to do their thing, but I already heard their thoughts and they weren't they weren't going to participate in my uh, my uh, meeting with God, right? So I told this other guy you're going to sing a solo and he you could tell it's like how how did you even know? He wasn't he wasn't fearful, he was shocked that I knew that that's what his desire was and that he was very anointed actually. And I told these other guys then he, when he's done, you guys are going to take the, like a few of the people from the whole group of psalmists, and here it's just going to be the, and y'all are going to do two more songs, and then we're going to bring the word, and then, and then as the time approached, then I waited a few minutes just to make sure everyone was really uncomfortable in this religious setting, and then we started. If I remember my heart. To what, what God was wanting to say. Because he, was, he wasn't, you know, it's not that He's mad at anyone. He's really desperate for them to, to understand who they are and what they have in Him. And it was obvious they didn't, so we were going to help them with that. But that's just sort of my passion for the whole body of Christ. I see the body of Christ sort of in that state, overwhelmingly high percentage of the body of Christ. Not you guys. Never you guys. But you see my point? You know, the the things we've been talking about here recently, knowing who we are in Christ. How do we see ourselves? How do we see God? How do we see others? And then learning more and more about our identity in him and what that means to be a, a believer, a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not just a convert. who someone got to say a prayer and then sent you on about your business, not having any idea what to do from there. That's where most of the body of Christ is. Even though they go and they hear a 15 minute message every week that's guaranteed not to offend They're just like those children I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. They come home from school and you say, what would you learn today? They say, I don't know. Because they forgot immediately once they heard it. There's no meditation, Christian meditation. Chewing the cud, you know, of the word of God. Regurgitating, chewing until they get all the value out of it. Until it gets into your heart and your mind and it's yours and it's a part of you. And revelation knowledge begins to expound in you and from you. So, last week we were talking about Joshua and Moses, how Moses didn't get to enter in. But Joshua, who is a type and shadow of Jesus, was able to bring them into the promised land. You know, Moses, even though he really wanted to, and he was a great friend of God, and the Lord himself buried him there, let him look over into the promised land, but he never went. Moses was a picture of the law. The law, the founding scripture of this this church, right on the first page of, of John. That the, the name of this church came from this scripture, John 1, 17 For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Just like that card, the do's and the don'ts, that and the done, the do and the done. With Moses, do this, do that, or else. Jesus fulfilled all that. Now it's done. Moses, as a representative of the law, was never going to lead them into the promised land. Because the entire old covenant was in type and shadow. How could God let Moses, who was his representative of the law, lead the people into the promised land? That's like saying you can get there by good works. Are you with me? So it had to be Joshua... A type of Jesus. And now in first Peter Second Peter one fourteen, I think I barely touched on this last week. Second Peter one fourteen. Tell me when you got it. <laughs> I'll tell you when I got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One four, not fourteen. Sorry, I knew that sounded wrong. Second Peter one four. Let me just back up. To the third, to the second verse is so powerful. This is the introduction, Peter's last letter to the church. He said, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. That's awesome. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. That's how it's multiplied to you. His divine power has, there's a past tense, granted to us all things that pertain to life, this life, and godliness. So everything has already been given to you put on account for you because of Jesus. Everything you'll ever need in this life and, of course, in the next. By which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Now, listen to this. Because we're, ta- I'm, I'm, we're transitioning here. I've taught you that the Old Testament is type and shadow of what's been revealed now in the New Covenant through Jesus. So, their struggle to get into the promised land, all that was a type and shadow of what we have now received through Christ. Joshua led them into the promised land, Jesus led us into the land of promises. I'm not talking about the U.S. of A. I'm talking about a spiritual inheritance that will never fade or perish. Death has lost its sting with you. Now that you belong to Jesus Christ, you're never going to die. This body will pass from this earth, but you're a spirit with a soul and you're just going to transition home to be with the Lord where you'll get a new one of these, by the way, and it's going to be awesome. So he's granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. What's that mean? You're being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Not to look like him, to be like him. God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4.24 So going back to the promised land with Joshua. I want to show you what our problem is with the church. Joshua chapter 18. You might be better off just to write these down and just listen. Because I'm going to cover... I just I just wrote a bunch of scriptures down on the ride home while, while Tavana drove for a while for me. Thank you, honey. Joshua chapter 18. I'm just going to fast forward a little bit <coughs> from Joshua bringing them into the promised land. Now, <coughs> when they got there, God said he had given them all this land, right? And he divided it up for the different tribes to have this land and that land. You know what? There were still people living there. <laughs> there were giants in the land, you know? But God had given it to them. What does that mean? That, that they, they had the ability to drive those people out because God was with them. But God didn't do it for them. You know, the day they entered into the promised land, the manna from heaven that had rained down on them for them to eat, that God provided for them in the desert, it stopped. And some of them still went out to collect the manna. Like, where's the manna? We're in the, the promised land and now we don't even have the food that God had been providing for us. It's here. Go get it. Go get it. It's yours. Pick it. Grow it. Kill and eat. Whatever. It's all here. But God wasn't going to hand it to them. And after quite a few years, they had set up the temple in a place called Shiloh or Shiloh. And some of the tribes had taken their land, but some of them had gotten comfortable there in Shiloh. <laughs> they were just hanging around there, and I got, they got to liking it, I guess. And God called Joshua into a meeting. <laughs> and here's what he said. Let me start at the beginning of the 18th chapter of Joshua. Then the whole congregation of the people of Israel assembled at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. The land lay subdued before them. Verse 2. There remained among the people of Israel seven tribes whose inheritance had not yet been apportioned. So Joshua said to the people of Israel, because this is what God had... Already gotten on to him about. So Joshua, I should have backed up and told you where God told him, but this is where Joshua's taking the message he got from God and he's going to tell the people. And here's the situation How long will you put off going in to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? How long will you put off claiming your inheritance? And I think in a spiritual assessment of the situation, as theirs was a natural situation, ours is a spiritual situation in the same regard and the same problem. And God is asking Christians, how long will you forsake taking possession of what I've given you? All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. What does that mean? That's a fair question. What are the promises of God? That's a fair question. But to be complacent, disinterested, and just self-satisfied, especially in the culture, you are so blessed to have been born in the time and place you were. And I don't care red, yellow, black, or white. You are blessed if you're born here and now. You can perpetuate all this nonsense in your mind, but this is the best situation the world has ever known for anybody who wants to take advantage of it. There are supposed leaders of groups out there still trying to get people to be mad about 40 acres and a mule when God's trying to give them the kingdom. Let it go. Let it go. Go take possession of the land that your father has given you. All the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Let's talk about some of those promises. I want you to know how to read your Bible because it's for you. And any place that God has done something good or said He would do something good, it's yours. It's yours. All the promises, every good thing He's ever commented on is for you if you claim it. Now that you belong to Christ because he earned it, you're feeling unworthy when it was never about your worthiness. See yourself as God sees sees you, clothed in gold, deity. Eternal life is yours now. That's one great promise. Isn't that what it says in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Eternal life. You need to get that first. That you're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're purchased with the, with the blood of Jesus Christ. The most valuable substance that ever passed through this world. One drop would have redeemed the entire world. I told you last week, science says we need bread and and water and light and what else? Air. And I told you that Jesus says, I am the bread of life, I am the breath of life, I am the living water. I am the light of the world. All yours. Look at this. In John 8. 36. I want to touch on this quickly. If this is where. I'll back up a little. Jesus answered. Truly, truly, I say to you. Everyone. Everyone. Who practices sin. Is a slave to sin. So keep that in mind. Whoever obeys someone. Is a slave to the one they obey. Whether sin. For the devil. Or righteousness. For Christ. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Freedom is ours in Christ. The main thing that I needed when I came to the Lord was peace. I was at the end of myself for the umpteenth time. And this time it was for real. Anybody got people in their lives that always claiming to be at the end of themselves? Just need this one, this one hand uh, out. Not really wanting a hand up. Just drop the money off at the crack house for me. <laughs> in other words. <laughs> They're not ever that blatant about it, but that's exactly what they mean. But I was ready for God. Finally, and Isaiah 26, three says he will keep them in perfect peace. whose mind is stayed on him, right? He had my attention now. And he was providing me with some peace. I saw it was real. And then my favorite scripture, John 14, 27. I began to learn about the relationship Let me tell you, all of the things that these promises that I'm talking about, how to be partakers of the inheritance of the land that God has given us, there's a key. You have to understand that it's a partnership. It's a relationship. Without relationship, and and relationship is a two-way street, isn't it? When it's not, what happens? It dies. So I realized in John fourteen twenty seven because Jesus said on that fateful night. He told the disciples, he's telling you now, my peace. Peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And I began to realize something. And all of these good things throughout the word that I saw from God, this was a perfect gift. I mean, from Jesus, he stopped. He was talking about the Father. He was talking about heaven, what was going to happen to him, about the Holy Spirit coming. And then he stopped and he gave them a personal gift. It's like he wanted to really express something of his own. And he gave them my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. He made sure. Don't worry, I'm not going to take it back (laughs) when I get mad at you. And then he turned and he gave them their part to do of the bargain. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We know that fear is not of God and that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I knew that I wanted to operate in this peace that he had given me as a gift and I knew it was conditional. He wasn't going to take it away. But it would be driven away if I entertained. The sin of fear and anxiety. And so I had to learn to keep those things in check. Trusting that he would be there for me. And it would empower me to do it. And that's how I began to learn the relationship. And my part. To be a partaker. Instead of seeing it as a. As a do and a don't. Because when you come to the Lord. You th- all you know about Christianity. The Ten Commandments. Do this. Don't do that. But you got to stop seeing it that way now. It looks the same. It looks the same. Well it's the same difference. If I, if I do this. Then I'll be able to have the peace. If I don't. Then I won't. He'll take it. No. He's not taking anything. This is the key. He's put it all on account. Everything that's been established by the grace of God for you. Is there. And it's unchanging. And he's unchanging. His love towards you is unchanging. His desire for you is unchanging. So, what changes? You do. We do. He will never force us. He didn't want robots, He gave us a free will. If I give you a house and I say, here's the light switch, you've got electricity. Here's a refrigerator for all your, your food. Here's a, here's a washer and dryer and iron and a, a chest of drawers and a closet. If you want to be a pig and throw all your clothes all over the floor still, you can. And you don't ever want to flip the switch and turn the lights on, you can stay in the dark. You can go grocery shopping and let all your food spoil because you didn't use the refrigerator But it was all there for you. It's the same with God. Look at all these P's. I just started writing down the peace of God, the plan of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the prosperity of God, the protection of God. All comes through this partnership with God. So what's the plan? Jeremiah twenty I want to give you some very familiar scriptures. Some that I talk about a lot. Hopefully you'll meditate on them and make them your own and believe them. And in the course of studying those out, you'll find others that speak to you and come to life for you. And, and you know that God was speaking to you in that moment because it, it ignited in your spirit. And you just knew that He was talking to you when you happened to read this because this book is not an old book written by men about God. It's a book written by God to you. And it's alive and active. The Word is alive. That's why each of these scriptures, it speaks to one thing in my life one day and a whole other thing another day. Because He's talking to me. He's using it to relate to me, to get His message to me. Jeremiah 29:11 Because he's always accused of things that he's not doing. We look to the word and this is how we know Jesus, the spirit and the word. We don't know him after the flesh like the disciples did. So how do we know Jesus? By the spirit and by his word. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He was being claimed of having hard feelings toward the children of Israel because they were in bondage. They had done it for themselves. Let me ask you something. How many times did it talk about the devil in the Old Testament? He's, he's mentioned indirectly, which is really put there, I think, for our use nowadays. He was described as someone else. But they didn't talk about him. Why? There was nothing they could do about him. So a lot of these things that God is blamed for, really it was the devil the whole time. But they didn't talk about it a lot in the Old Testament because they had no authority over him. Now you do. But he was being accused of mistreating them. And he said, wait, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, for good. And not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. That's all good stuff. Not to harm you. His plans are not to harm us. But he gets blamed for harming people every day. Trying to teach them lessons. Listen. This is how God will teach you. If you'll allow him. Or... Without this information, you'll go the way of the devil. Because it's not within man to direct his own steps. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is destruction. We'll go the wrong way every time. A lot of good, a lot of good, and then we'll mess up thinking it was the right thing, and it wasn't. That's what happens to every single person ever born without God. He must influence our lives. He's the only one that knows how to run our lives. And his plans are good. And look, talking about how you can always find your part to play. Remember, it's a relationship. Look at the next verse. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will hear you. Talking about that relationship. You will seek me and find me when? When you seek me with all your heart, you will be found. I will be found by you. Isn't that beautiful? What about his what about his presence? I said his presence is part of his promise. Isn't it comforting to know that God is with you? Look in the, in, in Deuteronomy 318. Deuteronomy thirty one eight. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Again, there's your part. Don't let fear come in. God will always be with you. The only time the devil wins or has influence in your life is when you believe his lies. And he can make you fearful and anxious and worried. Because that gives access to his... His forces, his demons to come in and work in your mind and in your life. But when you drive them away, you say, how am I supposed to do that? Well, didn't James, the brother of Jesus, have a book in the back of this Bible? And he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. There's a promise of God. But it's attached to a part to play again. Resist. How do you resist? What you don't know, if you don't know if it's God or the devil, how do you know to resist? That's why you have to learn what God says. So when people accuse him of things he didn't do, you'll say, wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I can't let you say that about my Lord. He, he loves us, man. He's not out to hurt us. Don't you think that's a good thing to let somebody know who's stuck in kind of a religious mindset? Thinking that the person that they're traveling down there to to worship in their religious setting, just like that church I described in my dream, they didn't care about God. They were there because they that was part of their duty. But because they think of God as a, a mean God, a mean father who's waiting to... To hit them with a lightning bolt if they step out of line. But it's only the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Not Jesus. Not the Father. How do we know? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And in the book of Acts, they're talking about Jesus. said, haven't you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? He was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He has a plan for us. That's part of our inheritance. The peace of God is part of the promises of God. The presence of God. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That's what he told Joshua when he was just going into the the promised land. It's funny. It all just keeps clicking together. Right there in that first chapter. He told Joshua. Remember he was saying. No man shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then watch. Be strong and courageous. There's your part. It's a relationship. I need you to do this. To fend off the devil. If you let fear And terror come in, you won't hear me anymore. You won't hear me because the devil will have you in his chokehold right there. Because you opened a door for him. Drive off that fear and just listen to me. Because without the peace of God, you'll never hear the word of God. That's why when you're going through the storms of life, it's not good to keep your own counsel. It's not it's not good to hide from church the devil he takes those sheep that stray away from the flock and those are the ones he's able to mess with even myself when i'm going through something really difficult i have a lot of people that i call not a lot <laughs> but i want somebody who's going to point me to what the word says not what my flesh is telling me what not not what my emotions are telling me. And that's what we all need in our lives. We need to be surrounded by loving Christians who really care about us, but care more about us really than to, to be sure not just someone who will agree with us. That's not a friend. Especially when they know the truth. They can let you cry for a while. It's all right. It's going to be all right. But now, what's the Lord say about this? Remember that scripture? Let's pray. You know, that's a friend. That's a friend. The power of God. Let's just look at that James 4, 7 to start because that goes with the power of God And then we're done. I just wanted to share some of these with you to get you started. I want, to, I want to pique your interest in the promises of God so that you'll pursue them and chase them down. Because actually the, the goodness of God will chase you down. And overtake you and overwhelm you. And that's, that's honestly how the blessing of the Lord is. It gets so good that it'll just knock you to your knees sometime and say, God, you just You're just too good. James four seven. Anybody got it? Right before Peter, right after Hebrews. James four. Verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Look at there. There's our part again. It just came before the verse this time. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. That's an awesome promise right there. That should comfort you and empower you. When fear does try to come upon you. Wait. I'm going to church every week. And it's either real or it's not. And if it's not, I'm wasting my time. So he said, He'll never leave me or forsake me. That means he's here. He knows what's going on. He said, if I don't get fearful, his peace will be an abiding. Presence. The enemy's messing with me. And I've I've learned enough to recognize that now. Because this ain't good. So it ain't God. And he said. If I resist him. He will flee from me. I'm going to resist. I'm going to run him off. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to rest in the Lord. That's power. In the book of Mark eleven twenty-four, 24, Jesus said, believe that you have what you pray for when you pray, and you will have it. He's talking about moving mountains. The mountains of your life. The hills so steep that you don't ever think you can overcome this. Whatever it is. He said, you don't need more faith. You need less unbelief. I already gave you the measure of faith. And let me tell you something. It's just like muscles on a human body. When they're not worked properly, you lose them. But when you work it out, you take care of yourself... It gets stronger. My nephew told me the other night. He goes I need more patience Uncle William. I said no you don't. (laughs) He never knows what I'm going to tell him. I said no you don't. I said you have the same amount of patience. That Jesus does. All the peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Full blown, full grown fruit of the spirit in your spirit. Abiding in you. You need to learn to draw on those. You need to get into agreement. Know that you have them and practice those things. Patience is one of those fruits. Think of it as a muscle. So is love and joy. You really do have it all the time. just need to practice it. Joy is not the same as happiness. You're not always going to be happy Because happiness depends on happenings. But there is an abiding fruit of the spirit. The joy of the Lord. And that is your strength. Another P is prosperity. And we'll talk about that. More next week. Because he talks a lot about it. He wants you to prosper. Not just financially. But yes financially. And in every other area of your life. And he's made provision for that. As well as your health. Protection. Just like he has for the plan for your life. The peace for your life. And the power to do all these things. And we'll talk about that. We'll pick up right there next week. We went a little long already. So God bless you, I love you, and uh, thanks for being here today. Amen. Father, thank you for loving us so much and for your precious word. Guard this word in us, Lord. Don't let the enemy come and steal it. Help us to meditate on these truths and make them our own and dig deep and find more that speak just to us in our lives and our situations. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.